Section 21 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Ohio, Monday, September 2. I preached at Richland Chapel on 1 Peter 5.10. The subject was gracious, and so was the season. I find here the children of Methodists, according to the flesh, known elsewhere and long ago. Jonathan Jackson is married. O thou pattern of celibacy, art thou caught? Who can resist? Our married man was forty years of age. He has taken to wife a Mrs. Roberts, a poor, pious widow. Joseph Crawford is very ill. I cannot go on. I have sent sixteen miles for a bottle of wine for him. We started away on Tuesday and came to Judge Van Meter's at the Muddy Prairie, and dined and prayed. Brother Crawford still ill of a flux and fever. We stopped at Krause's mill for the evening. Edward Tiffins brought us up on Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, Brother Crawford could not move on. Dr. Tiffin, the present governor of the state, administered some relief. I was happily employed in reading the portrait of St. Paul by the divine Fletcher. I preached at Chillicothe. We have excessive heat. My mind is in great peace. Saturday 7. We rode to Deer Creek and dined with Mr. Davis. The evening found us at White Browns. Sunday 8. I preached in the barn upon 1 Corinthians 12, 8, 9. My grace is sufficient for thee. A view was taken of the cases, characters, and stations the people of God might be in and their several relations to each other, as it respected their duty to God, to the world, to themselves, and to their brethren. It was attempted to be shown that in all possible situations arising out of the faithful performance of this duty, the grace of God was sufficient for them. The manner in which this grace is to be obtained, by fervent prayer, three times a day, or oftener, by a diligent use of all the means, and a faithful improvement of the grace given. Monday 9. We missed our path and went out of our way. We intended for the falls of paint and went to Bullskin, twenty miles. We lodged with Michael Haynes, who rode with us eleven miles. We passed Franklin on the way to the town of Newmarket, containing eight cabins. We lodged at Ross's and were kindly and freely entertained. The roads were heavy but the wagon was a covering in the heavy rain. The roads were dreadful to Williamsburg, Claremont County. We had a beach swamp, mud up to the hubs, stumps as high as the wagon body, logs, trees. After all, we came safe. Wednesday we lodged with Levi Rogers, once a traveling preacher, now a physician. We were greatly outdone, but we called a meeting at Williamsburg. Brother Watcote preached and I exhorted. I saw several Jersey friends. On Thursday we rode on to Mr. Dimmitt's, on the route to Little Miami. We have made one hundred miles in four days. I was made glad to hear of the revival of the work of God in the new settlements. The local ministry have shared in this labor with the traveling preachers. On Friday we came down the east branch of the Little Miami to Judge Gatch's. On Saturday we rested, and I read and wrote. 
On the Sabbath day, we held a meeting of four hours at Philip Gatch's. Brother Watcoat's subject was, Repent and be converted. Joseph Crawford's, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And F. Asbury's, I have no greater joy than this, that my children walk in the truth. We felt quickened and comforted in God. Our route on Monday led through Columbia and the rich lands of the Miami. William Lives sent one to meet and invite us to his house in Cincinnati. I gave them a discourse upon, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, etc. Kentucky Next day I called on Elijah Sparks at Newport and baptized two of his children. We dined with the widow Stevens. I rejoiced to find that a new circuit had been formed, and there were several growing societies. Much of this has been effected by the faithful labors of Benjamin Edge. We passed Grant's Lick, and lodged very comfortably with William Daniel. On Wednesday we reached Joshua Jones's, and next day beat along to Isaac Nevis. Here we were at home. In Kentucky we passed through Campbell, Pendleton, and Harrison counties. Our estimate is 1,980 miles from Baltimore to Mount Garrison. Friday 20. We attended at White's Chapel. Bishop Watcote and myself preached. We dined at Brother White's and came through Cynthiana, the capital of Harrison County, to Jonathan Jakes's. Saturday 21. At Benjamin Coleman's. On the Sabbath day, Brother Crawford and myself had a warm time of it at Mount Garrison, where we have already held our conference twice. We both preached, we exerted ourselves greatly, and I hope there was good done. We visited Daniel Grigg. I found several of my old friends at this place, among them Colonel Barrett of Allegheny and his wife, Mrs. Tittle, and some from Baltimore County and the state of Delaware, and thus our people are scattered abroad. But, thank the Lord, they are still in the fold, and on their way to glory. My own soul is closer and closer united to God. Monday 23. I visited John Vernon, an early member of society, at Louis Afries, near Duck Creek, State of Delaware. I must look up our old sheep and lambs. On Tuesday I went to John Whitaker's, Bourbon County. J. Crawford preached at J. Robinson's on Wednesday. I spoke upon 1 Corinthians 4, 1-5. Let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Of Christ, for us, and Christ in us. That these mysteries are not subjects of reason, but revelation and inspiration. That we must believe them upon divine testimony. The apostle was not conscious of evil, but he was not his own judge. Men are incompetent judges of what belongs to God and His Spirit. It will be found in the Judgment Day that pride, covetousness, and backsliding were the probable cause of the union of heresy and schism. A divinity doubter was present. Thursday 26. I visited Luke Hansen. Next day it rained and I rested. On Saturday I stopped at Maddox Fisher's in Lexington. I was of necessity in our old house on the Sabbath day. We could not preach abroad. The weather was damp. My sermon was the echo of my text. Cry aloud and spare not. 
Joseph Crawford preached twice. On Monday I was unwell, but I rode to Jesse Griffiths, Scott County. On Tuesday we rested. Wednesday, October 2. We opened our conference in great peace. There were about twenty-five members present. Six hours a day were steadily occupied with business. The committees of claims and of addresses did much work, and it was done well. I completed my plan for the coming year, and submitted it to the presiding elders, who suggested but two alterations. May they be for the best. On the Sabbath day I preached to about three thousand souls. On Tuesday, after the rise of conference, I rode to Lexington, and on Wednesday to J. S. Hordes, Jessamine County. I was under affliction of body, but perfect love, peace within, and harmony without healed every malady. Our friend Job Johnson gave us a lodging on Thursday night, and at Rock Castle chance furnished us with another, such as it was, for Friday night. But we had peace and prayer. Saturday 12. We took the path about five o'clock in the morning, and came eighteen miles to dinner at Mr. Freeman's. We reached Johnson's upon Richland Creek. On the Sabbath day we were under the necessity of moving forward slowly to Ballinger's, where we dined. The evening brought us to Dalton's, crowded with company, but we kept good order. Monday 14. Our trouble began. We dined at Davis's, then came on to Jesse Dodson's. Tuesday morning was rainy, and the road was bad before we came to and after we had crossed Clinch River. It was not better than it had been in its native state. Our carriage had nearly upset. I am decided to take the Cumberland path hereafter, at least until this made and mended road, the worst perhaps for making and mending, is in a better condition. The turnpike takes fifty dollars a day, for having made bad worse. At the stubble fields we rested a day. We are one hundred and forty miles from Kentucky. Sure I am that nothing short of the welfare of immortal souls, and my sense of duty, could be inducement enough for me to visit the West so often. Oh, the roads, the hills, the rocks, the rivers, the want of water, even to drink, the time for secret prayer hardly to be stolen, and the place scarcely to be had. My mind nevertheless was kept in peace. I prayed in every house I lodged in, and at almost every place I stopped at. We have heavy rains at present, and another wilderness, bad as this, yet to pass. We meet crowds of people directing their march to the fertile west. Their sufferings for the present are great but they are going to present abundance and future wealth for their children. In ten years, I think, the new state will be one of the most flourishing in the Union. Thursday 17. We crossed Maine Holston and came into Tennessee and put into Colonel Conaway's Little Nolichucky. We rested here on Friday. At Moses Ellis's on Saturday we saw Moses Black and his wife. He about forty, and she fifteen. Such are the wise contracts Methodist preachers sometimes make. Tennessee. Sunday I felt very unwell from cold taken. We passed Quartin's Ferry upon Great Nolichucky. In crossing the Paint Mountain on Monday, we rode up and walked down, and I sprained my ankle. 
North Carolina. We came into North Carolina and lodged with William Nelson at the Hot Springs. Next day we stopped with Wilson in Buncombe. On Wednesday I breakfasted with Mr. Newton, Presbyterian minister, a man after my own mind. We took sweet counsel together. We lodged this evening at Mr. Fletcher's, Mud Creek. At Colonel Thomas's on Thursday we were kindly received and comfortably entertained. South Carolina We came into South Carolina on Friday and lodged with Captain Edwards, and on Saturday at Staunton's, Staunton's Ferry, Saluda River, Greensville District, we were at home. Sabbath 27 At Salem I preached upon Hosea 10.12, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, etc. 1. The great and glorious end of the coming of the Lord, to reign righteousness, to impart his grace in all its plenitude, to give a right state of heart in justifying, sanctifying, experimental, and practical holiness. Reap in mercy. When God gives, do you give. Do all the good in your power. 2. The means of obtaining this grace and the blessings consequent to its reception and improvement. Break up your fallow ground. Seek deep conviction. Seek the Lord by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Reign righteousness upon you by justifying grace, humble, holy obedience, the end, everlasting life. Monday 28. We proceeded on our way to Georgia, winding along some crooked paths through Pendleton District to Eliab Moors upon Rocky River. Night came on, and we missed our way into the plantation. I walked up a hill and called for help and was relieved. We crossed Rocky River four times on Tuesday and came to Mr. Dunlap's. Wednesday morning we rode twenty miles for our breakfast at Petersburg. We lodged with John Oliver. Joseph Crawford preached two evenings. Georgia, Friday, November 1. I preached at eleven o'clock on 1 Corinthians 6, 1920. Instead of building a small convenient house, they have bought an old house and fitted up a room for everybody. This did not please me. I have for the first time seen Judge Marshall's Life of Washington. I have read four hundred pages in it. Critics may, for aught I know, find fault, especially on the other side of the water, with the style and general execution of this work. I like both. The early history of the country very properly proceeds, and is connected with the life of the great man who has been so justly styled the father, politically, of his country. There is nothing in the work beneath the man of honor. There are no malevolent sentiments or bitter expressions derogatory to the character of a Christian. The author deserves credit for the pains he has taken to furnish authorities and authentic records in the notes to his work. If any author has, in America, done better than Marshall, it is Belknap, perhaps. Saturday 2 I visited Richard Easter and Judge Tate. On the Sabbath day I preached at Thompson's Chapel on Ezekiel 33-2. It was an alarming season. Joseph Crawford spoke after me, and we then rode to Mr. Clark's, fourteen miles, and lodged. At three o'clock on Monday we held meeting at Mr. Mark's. Wednesday 6. 
we rode to Mr. Pope's Oglethorpe. I preached at the new chapel. Joseph Crawford preached at General Stewart's. Thursday 7. I was sick and went to bed. Friday 8. We came to Joshua Moore's upon shoulder bone. We were benighted in the woods. The flesh fails, but my mind is in peace. Saturday 9. We reached Sparta. The heat was great. From Kentucky to Sparta, 516 miles. Sunday 10. I preached. My subject was 1 Peter 4, 17. Joseph Crawford gave two sermons. Monday 11. We came to Matthew Harris's, and next day I preached upon 1 Corinthians 11, 30-31. We drove back to Sparta that evening. I have ridden about fifty miles to preach to about twice as many souls. I would have gone down to the state, but appointments had not been made, and Brother Crawford grew very unwell. I judged it proper for him to go through a course of physic, and the weather was cold, and I wanted a coat. I only lamented that I could not see my poor black sheep at Buffalo Creek, but was glad to hear that Ethiopia still stretched forth the hand of faith and prayer. I feel very serious about the supplies of preachers for the South Carolina Conference. Some are sick, some are settling in life, men of feeble minds. But let the head of the church see to his own work. It is not mine. Why should I despond? What was the work thirty-seven years ago, when there were but two local preachers, one in New York and one in Maryland? Now there are two thousand local and four hundred traveling preachers. Friday 15. We rode to Rehoboth. Next day Joseph Crawford preached on, The Foundation of God Standeth Sure. Sunday 17. Joseph Crawford held forth, and I followed. My subject was Second Peter 2, 20-21. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, etc. 1. The pollutions of the world, the sins of the flesh and spirit, by which people are led captive by the God of this world. 2. The gospel method of salvation, by Jesus Christ, the way of righteousness, justifying, sanctifying, and practical, as set forth in the holy commandments delivered unto believers. 3. How persons may be entangled and overcome by heresy, schism, and sin. 4. The last state worse than the first, because they so highly dishonor God, and wound the cause of Christ, and because of the great difficulties attending their recovery, from which causes arises the great danger of eternal perdition. Monday 18. At the new chapel at Warrington, my subject was Mark 11, 17. Joseph Crawford followed upon Mark 10, 9. Next day, I preached at Cowles's Ironworks. Wednesday 20. We reached Augusta. Thursday 21. I rested. I preached at Spent Creek on Friday. Saturday 23. Joseph Crawford took the pulpit. I rode 25 miles on Friday to preach to 25 souls. The appointment had not been made for me. Sunday 24. I preached in Augusta. 
Monday 25. I bore up for South Carolina and came to Barnwell Courthouse. I was kindly entertained by Mr. Powers. Tuesday 26. We reached Jacob Bars. Wednesday 27. We reached Mr. Perry's, and next day came into Charleston. From Augusta, 150 miles. Heavy rides and weary men and horses. I was under some dejection of spirits. I have lately read The Life of David Brainerd, a man of my make, such a constitution, and of great labors. His religion was all gold, the purest gold. My eyes fail. I must keep them for the Bible and the conferences. South Carolina, Friday 29. Engaged in closet exercises. I do not find matters as I wish. One preacher has deserted his station, and there are contentions amongst the Africans. Saturday 30. My soul is deeply oppressed with a heavy sea of troubles. Sunday, December 1. Still heavy is my heart. Still sink my spirits down. At Cumberland Street Church I spoke upon Revelation 7, 13-17. My two general heads of discourse were, 1. The gracious although afflicted state of God's people in this world. 2. The glorious and happy state of the righteous in heaven. Our lower floor was nearly filled with communicants, white and black. Do they all indeed discern the Lord's body? It will never do for me to record all I fear, hear, and think. At Bethel Church I took for my text Romans 12, 9-12. I observed that the text contained evangelical Christian duties, privileges, promises, and marks, by which we might judge of ourselves as Christians. That if these marks, and this experience, were not upon us and in us, we could not be Christians. Within twenty years I have visited this place, going and returning, at least thirty times. Saturday 7. Since Monday, amongst other occupations, I have been employed in reading one thousand pages of Mr. Atmore's memorial, and Mr. Wesley's journal. These books suit me best. I see there the rise and progress of Methodism. I met the members of society, white and black, in small companies in our own house. I gave my advice as to temporals. I recommended the painting of the new and the enlargement of the old church to eighty feet by forty, to enlarge the preacher's house, and to buy another burying ground. Besides praying regularly after every meal in our own house, I am obliged to go through this exercise many times daily with the poor Negroes. I feel that I want to go hence, but not until my God and guide gives me liberty. I wait to know his will about going to Georgetown, 230 miles, before the Camden Conference. I wrote a letter to Mr. Atmore, advising of affairs of the society and of my own, and counseled him to pursue the good work he is engaged in, and bend all his strength to the memorial. Sunday 8 I was in great heaviness through manifold temptations, yet I preached in Cumberland Street in the morning, and at Bethel in the afternoon. I was happy and had great openings. I fear sometimes that my commission will wear out amongst one description of people here. 
religion of a certain kind must be very valuable, since we spend so much to support it. There must be a prodigious revival in the independent society. A building of theirs will cost fifty, or perhaps one hundred thousand dollars. There is a holy strife between its members and the Episcopalians, who shall have the highest steeple. But I believe there is no contention about who shall have the most souls converted to God. Monday 9. Reading and receiving all visitors who came to our house, with counsel and prayer, from room to room, with white and black. Tuesday 10. We have goodly weather. God, by his spirit and his providences, tells us we must set out tomorrow for Georgetown. I doubt if in Charleston we have joined more than 178 members of the fair skin in 20 years and seldom are there more than fifty or sixty annually returned. Death, desertion, backsliding. Poor, fickle souls, unstable as water, light as air, bodies and minds. Wednesday, 11. We rode to Monk's Corner and lodged at Mr. Hatchett's. Thursday, 12. We pursued a blind road to the ferry. We came on to Murray's and continued along to Mr. Coleman's, a German. Next day we reached Rempert Hall. We had hot weather. Man and beast felt the burden. Some of my northern letters have come in. They bring good news. Camp meetings at Albany, New York. At Lebanon, Vermont. In the New Hampshire districts. All successful. But oh, the wonders of Dr. Chandler's report. He says his authority bids him say that at Duck Creek Camp Meeting, 500 souls. At Accomac Camp Meeting, 400. At Animessex Chapel, in the woods, 200. At Somerset, Lyne Chapel, 120. At Todd's Chapel, Dorset, 200. At Caroline Quarterly Meeting, 75. All, all these profess to have received converting grace. End of section 21. Recording by Brian Keenan.